Welcome to the Flint Citadels podcast of our Sunday morning worship service, a weekly production of the Salvation Army Flint Citadel Corps. Today is the first Sunday after Easter, the first Sunday after our celebration of the resurrection of Christ. And on that Sunday, the disciples faced a real dilemma of sorts. They had had given up everything to follow Jesus. And though they had discovered that he was alive again, they also learned he wasn't staying here on earth. What 
What were they to do? How were they to function? What was their mission to be? They had a dilemma, but you know, we face a similar dilemma when we come to faith in Christ. What do we do now? What do we do now? In Acts chapter 4, verses 32 through 35, Luke describes the early church's response in this way. All the believers were united in heart and mind, and they felt that what they owned was not their own, so they shared everything they had. The apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's great blessing was upon them all. There was no needy person among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. The psalmist David writes in Psalm 133, How wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. For harmony is as precious as the anointing oil that was poured over Aaron's head, that ran down his beard onto the border of his robe. Harmony is as refreshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountains of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced his blessing, even life everlasting. It's my prayer this morning that we too might be generous people, living in harmony and powerfully testifying to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we have gathered here this morning because we are your redeemed people. Lord, we thank you that you have broken the the chains of sin and death. You have given us new life in Christ. And Lord, you have sent the Holy Spirit to empower us and to enable us to, to live righteously in this world. God, I pray that as we move forward, that we might be a place that is known for our harmony and unity and for our powerful testimony to the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Might that not just be a historic fact, but Lord, might his resurrection live in us as we live our lives in this world. Bless us as we worship this morning, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a song, good old song out of the Red Song book. Um, maybe a little different words than you're used to, but the chorus is by the pathway of duty flows the river of God's grace. And I do need to welcome our missionaries, whose names I'm going to now slaughter because I don't usually do this, Captain Felix and Major Violet Isa in Haiti, sorry, Commissioners William and Nancy Roberts in Kenya, and Majors Richard and Brenda Harival in Russia. God bless you. We, um, we're blessed to have you join us, uh, even if it is by CD. Let's sing together.
in darkness where the light may never shine till the torch of faith uplifted beams with radiance divine there's a world at random drifting which belongs to Christ the Lord he is claiming our allegiance till his kingdom is restored and we're all invited to be a part of that um, that great effort let's sing the third verse together time so that you can share what the Lord has done for you. Let's sing the first verse and chorus. praise him for that and help him prepare us because boys are crazy. (laughs) We've come up with some really good names, you know. We'll help her with names, right? Good morning. I was getting kind of hooked on that Calypso there. I know. (laughs) What the Lord has done for me. You know, that's that's something that I, uh, I have to thank him for because... He has done so many things for me. It's not what he's done for me. It's what I'm trying to do for him. And uh, I thank him that he has done what he's done so far to bring me this far. And I'm glad he's in my life. And I'm glad he's doing what he's doing to me, for me, 
and for you. Thank you. Thank you, Harry. Let's sing the second verse. Thank the Lord for giving my life, giving me life, and to for everything that He has done for me, uh, especially in the last year or so. And I, I just uh, I am amazed, and I thank the Lord uh, daily for this opportunity. I don't think there's ever a day in my life when I didn't believe in the Lord after I was old enough to understand it, but I didn't uh, I didn't pray, I didn't study my Bible. Uh, I didn't attend church very often, but uh, uh, then uh, then Joan introduced me to the Salvation Army, and uh, I want to thank the Corps for being my friend, being my family, being there when I need you. Thank you. God bless. I uh, thank God for this morning being the last of the soldiership class that I'm teaching. <laughs> uh, this has been one of the tougher ones to do because we've had a lot of, of uh, young people as well as adult people in the class and trying to bridge that gap. But uh, I'm thankful that, uh, that we were able to do that. I'm glad that uh, we see some growth in our kids and uh, in the adults as well. And I guess I see a lot of growth in myself too. Uh, the Lord has uh, been faithful in my recovery. <laughs> and uh, I think now uh, it's pretty well determined that I'm not going to have to have surgery done on the shoulder, but it's being taken care of by physical therapy but uh, every time I go to physical therapy, I say, be gentle, will you? But they don't, Clem. They're not gentle at all. <laughs> I thank God for what he does in my life. Um, as Captain Chris said earlier um, about the house, um, they're breaking ground this week to start the basement. Um, I just praise God for everything. It's, I know I said before, it's beyond worth. It's just beyond worth. It's unbelievable. Um, I have seven beautiful children who all have their health. Um, there was a time that Joey, we didn't know one way or the other, and I know it was through prayer um, with my Salvation Army family. And, you know, he had his surgery, and he's been fine ever since. Praise God. I just thank God for my son, who is graduating with honors this year from high school. And wants to be a youth minister. Thank you. Okay, we'll sing the last verse.
Good morning. Uh, today is our World Service End Gathering, which is a, a separate collection uh, for our World Service funds that goes towards our goal for this year. Um, Captain had asked me to come up and, and do this time because last summer I was able to, to travel over to Ghana, which is in the continent of Africa, um, for a 12-day mission trip. Um, we were able to participate in their commissioning weekend, um, and then we were also able to go to one of the core locations where we worked on their, their construction site to help build their core. Um, we helped put the roof on, and then we poured the floor so that they had a new building to, to worship in. Um, the old building was way too small for the congregation that they had, um, so we were able to provide the space for them. So as soon as we were done, they moved right in, even though there were no walls or anything. Um, so it was, it was a great opportunity for me to see um, what the Salvation Army is doing outside of the United States. And it really opened my, opened my eyes to what, what goes on out there. I, I knew I had ideas, um, but to see for myself what we were doing to change lives, is uh, Salvation Army is a great thing. Um, we, we can see what it's like here. You know, we come to church here and we worship, and um, we, we just take for granted the things that we have that individuals in other, uh, other countries do not have. Um, anyone who has the little boxes or the card envelopes or just an envelope of change or bag of change or anything um, during the video, um, please bring it up and place it on the holiness table.
on Wednesday, April 8th, the Maersk, Alabama container ship with food relief supplies for Africa was 350 miles off the Somali coast. Just after midnight, a vessel with armed pirates approached that ship. For more than three hours, the Alabama's crew held the pirates at bay using um, fire hoses to prevent them from, from boarding their ship. But at 5.30 in the morning, four pirates armed with AK-47s finally managed to get aboard the ship. But the crew had a plan. So shortly before the pirates boarded, the crew disabled the ship and locked themselves into various areas of the ship. And as a result, all of the, all of the power and electricity was cut, and this huge ship fell dark and silent. One crew member recalls the ship was totally dark. It was 130 degrees in the place. We were hiding for 12 hours. I laid down on the floor to keep from passing out. This ship was under attack by pirates who have hijacked over 100 ships so far this year. Currently, over 280 people are being held hostage by these pirates, and they have killed dozens of of people. Can you imagine the thoughts that must have been going through these seamen's minds as they uh, lay there in hiding, unarmed, scattered throughout this big dark ship with armed pirates seeking them out? What a terrible, fearful situation that must have been. Please open your Bibles to John chapter 20. Maybe this... um, situation gives us a little glimpse of the fear that filled Jesus' disciples as they hid following his death. They lived in fear of the Jewish leaders um, because they were afraid they would come for them next so that they could completely, completely stamp out any memory of this Jesus. But you know, as that first Easter Sunday progressed, the disciples received a series of reports that the tomb was in fact empty and that Jesus was alive. They were amazed, but unconvinced. What was real for them right then and there was fear for their lives and bewilderment about the future. But then on Sunday night, things dramatically changed. Let's read that account in John chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. So when it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and when the doors were shut where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them both his hands and his side. The disciples then rejoiced when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. 
Now, if you think that uh, your Easter weekend was long, what with a Good Friday service and everything, imagine what it was like for Jesus' disciples. Once they had finally reassembled the um, um, following Jesus' arrest and crucifixion, they were frightened for their very lives and they hid behind locked doors. I'm sure that their nerves were shot and probably um, they flinched at every sound they heard, expecting that at any moment someone would be bursting through to arrest them. But as Sunday unfolded, reports came that Jesus was alive. Then suddenly on Sunday night, e- uh, Sunday evening, Jesus appeared among them and showed them the marks of the crucifixion in his hands and in his side. It was clear that he was no spirit or ghost, but that he was Jesus in flesh and blood, and, and joy swept over them. They were, they were very excited. And Jesus' first words to them, peace be with you, were just what the disciples needed to hear because they weren't feeling too much peace up until this point. Jesus again, a second time, says, peace be with you. And then he gives them a mission that must have caused them to kind of lose that peace for a moment because Jesus tells them that he is sending them out just as God the Father had sent him out. Now think about that. Judging by how rocky things went for Jesus, from a human perspective, they um, had good reason to be a little nervous about this new mission. But what underlies this charge is something I think that is really pretty amazing. And that is this. Jesus needs us. Did you hear that? Jesus needs us. I don't know about you, but at first I find that rather disarming. I mean, Jesus is God. He is um, all-powerful. And we're not God. And we're certainly not all-powerful. So why does God, why does Jesus need us? But you know, it's true. God has left the task of spreading the gospel message to human beings like those 11 disciples. And even more amazing, he's left it to folks like you and me. What was true for those first disciples is just as true for us today. Us latter disciples. Jesus needs us. Now, before you get too impressed with yourself, realize that while God needs us to share the good news of Jesus, we also desperately need him. Those fear-filled, awe-struck disciples knew this. They knew it because they had just lived it. They had just spent two days without Jesus and had just come off a series of Terrible failures, betrayal, abandonment, denial, disbelief, and discouragement. They knew that they needed Jesus like they never knew it before. Everything they had thought that they would accomplish had been crushed in these last few days, and they never felt more powerless and more weak. 
And now Jesus appears and sends them out to complete his work. As ridiculous as this might sound, that's exactly what Jesus did. And that is exactly what he is still doing. Jesus needs us, the church, the body of believers, and we desperately need him. So so what is Jesus' response to the disciples' desperate need? Look at verse 22. This is the key. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Do you recall another time in Scripture when God breathed on someone or in someone? Look way back in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. Up until that point, man may have been a biological entity, But when God breathed into him, he became a living soul, a living being. There was some power, something divine spark that came in with God's breath. In commenting on this, Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, So also it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. That last Adam is none other than Jesus Christ. He came to complete what the first Adam could not do. In the first Adam, we find our physical life. We all trace our our heritage, our lineage back to Adam. But um, in the second Adam, Jesus Christ, we find our spiritual life. Talked about that a little bit in Sunday school this morning. The physical and the spiritual When Jesus breathed on his disciples, he was signifying that the help they needed was really the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, the word for spirit and the word for breath or wind are the same in in the Greek and in the Hebrew. What the disciples needed in their day is what the church still needs today, the Holy Spirit. And when I say church, I mean you and me. I mean, not some institution, not some structure, but the body of believers, every true believer in Jesus Christ. Folks, we need Jesus. You need Jesus. I need Jesus. Without him, we are powerless except that we can go through the motions of ministry, we can go through the motions of a Christian life, but there won't be any um, work accomplished that he's called us to do. He won't be able to, um, to bless us. It'll just amount to so much busy work aside from the, the guidance and the uh, power of the Holy Spirit to do the Lord's work. We need the Holy Spirit. And here's what we are to proclaim. Here is our our mission. We are to preach a message of reconciliation, forgiveness, and peace. Look at verse 23. That verse is one we maybe would like to avoid. It's a difficult text. And taken out of context or misapplied, 
it can cause us to make some, some very wrong conclusions. If you forgive the sins of any, their sins have been forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they have been retained. As William Barclay writes, This is a saying whose true meaning we must be careful to understand. One thing is certain, no man can forgive any other man's sin. But another thing is equally certain. It is the great privilege of the church to convey the message of God's forgiveness to men. And that privilege is ours. Jesus has entrusted us with this message, and he has entrusted us with the challenge of how we can faithfully share this message with the world. But what predicates this declaration? It's an assumption that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. The heart of our message is a message of peace. When Jesus appeared, he gave the disciples the normal everyday Eastern greeting, peace be to you, or shalom. That was a That was the normal greeting. But it means more than, may you be saved from trouble. It actually means, may God give you every good thing. And that's our message to the world, isn't it? God wants to give you every good thing. That's God's desire for each and every one in this world. He wants to forgive you. He wants you to have fellowship with him. He wants to restore to you what Adam lost, a right relationship with God. And he wants to give you eternal life. Every good thing. That first Easter Sunday, those disciples gathered in fear, confused, discouraged. And then Jesus appeared and reassured them that he was alive. He granted them peace promised them the Holy Spirit and gave them this ministry of reconciliation. And you know, we've now inherited that ministry. It's now our turn to proclaim forgiveness and peace in Christ, but we dare not do it alone. We dare not do it in our own power alone. We need Jesus. We need his peace and power We need the power of the Holy Spirit active in our own lives. Let's face it, Jesus needs us. He needs us. That's the way he's made things. And we desperately need him. I want to make this personal today. Do you realize how much you need Jesus? Do you? you realize how much you need him? This morning, I invite you to experience God's peace and God's power. Do you know him? Do you know him? Have you secured the blessing he promises, the blessing of peace and power found through the Holy Spirit living in you? If you haven't, then I invite you to come. Come to this holiness table. Seek the blessing. Seek a closer walk with Jesus by surrendering everything to God. Let Christ, so to speak, breathe on you and know the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in your own life. 
You know, if you want people to believe the message of peace and forgiveness and reconciliation found in Christ, the message that you uh, proclaim, then you really need a close relationship with the Lord. And that's what I challenge you to develop by spending time with Him in prayer, in His Word, and in the fellowship of other believers. And then find Christ's power through the Holy Spirit by surrendering completely to the Spirit's control and will in your life. Jesus is alive, isn't he? He is the Prince of Peace, of everything good. He has peace, power, and purpose for each one of us. I just wonder this morning, are you ready? Are you ready to go out and take this message to the world? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you worked through people like us. Thank you, Lord, that you worked through people like the disciples, defeated, cowering in fear, ready to give up, frightened by shadows. And yet, Lord, uh, you didn't give up on them. You invested yourself in them. You gave them the Holy Spirit. You gave them power. And Lord, they turned the world upside down. And today, Lord, we stand here as a testimony to their faith. Lord, I pray that we in our day might be found faithful as well. That, God, we wouldn't cower in fear or hide in our homes, but that, Lord, we would take the gospel with us wherever we go. Lord, and that we would take it in the power of the Holy Spirit because of our relationship with you. God, if there's anyone here this morning who either doesn't know you because they've never really put their faith in you, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them as you revealed yourself as the risen Christ to your disciples. And Lord, if there's anyone here who who knows you but has not experienced the the power of the Holy Spirit in their lives, I pray, Lord, that you might breathe on them this morning, that they might be filled to overflowing with them, with a Christ-like love and a desire to serve. God, do your work in our hearts today. And, and Lord, we'll just acknowledge that we understand that in our own power and in our own strength, we're nothing. But, Lord, with you, we can do the impossible. Bless us and use us. And God, we want you to know this morning we love you. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing a song that, uh, Are Ye Able? That first verse says, Are ye able, said the Master, to be crucified with me? Yea, the sturdy dreamers answered, To the death we follow thee. They were all gung-ho, weren't they? <laughs> when the moment came, though, they didn't have the power. They didn't have the relationship with Jesus they needed, and they didn't have the Holy Spirit. And they fell on their face. Maybe you've experienced that. What do you do? You get back up, and you meet with the Lord, and you seek his power. It's not our ability, but it's, it's the ability of Christ in us. Let's sing that first verse together. I'm going to invite you to stand. And if you're needing to uh, have a conversation with the Lord, this place of prayer is open and available. Let's sing the first verse.
bunch of really good ones. Second verse, are ye able to relinquish purple dreams of power and fame to go down into the garden or to die a death of shame? Are you willing to set aside yourself? Put self aside and serve Christ? said that some of the words in that one song were changed. I was curious, and I had to go to the songbook. They took out the word youth and used the word faithful. And I thought, well, that's very fitting, because while we call the youth to uh, be a part of this ministry and service, there's no cutoff date, is there, on the other end of it. And so he says, be thou faithful unto death. And that's the call that he gives um, to us today. Uh, that struck my heart, that sometimes we limit ourselves by uh, our age, by our physical uh, limitations. But you know what I think it really comes down to? I think it's our spiritual. I think it's the content of our heart that it really comes down to. And so the Lord calls us to be faithful. Let's pray together. Lord, we know that sunsets always turn into sunrises when Jesus is Lord. 
And so we thank you, God, for the Easter season that has reminded us again that the darkness of sin has been turned into glorious resurrection power because of what Jesus did for us. Your words are timeless and powerful. They proclaim a message of love, a source of hope, and a promise of life. Thank you so much for giving us the blessing of knowing these words in a fresh way as your son Jesus becomes more and more real in our lives. Help us to remember that there are still many who need to hear these wonderful words of life for the first time. So change our hearts and minds that we can become your ambassadors to the world. Let the lives that we profess with our mouths become true examples of your Son in all our words and actions. We want to be your followers in every way. So please help us to guard the gateway to our hearts and minds. Let the words of our mouths and the meditation of our hearts be a true reflection of you, Lord. Let them be acceptable in your sight and a constant source of blessing to others. Change our hearts, O God. Make us more like you. We love you, Lord, and we pray in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. We Christians serve a living Savior, a living Christ, and you all should sing this from your hearts. I love to, the guys at the center. I always said to them, sing out. We don't care what, you, what it sounds like. If you think you can't sing, you just make a joyful noise unto the Lord and sing out. Let's hear that this morning, a joyful noise. Unto the Lord, he lives, we serve a risen Savior. This has been the weekly podcast of the Flint Citadel's Morning Worship Experience. We hope you were blessed. Join us again for next week's service. Better yet, join us in person anytime at the Citadel, located in the heart of downtown Flint, at 211 West Kersley Street, where you're always among friends. For more information about the Salvation Army in Flint and our worship times and weekly activities, visit us online at www.flintcitadel.org or call us at area code 810-232-2199. Thanks for listening.